This is the iMoveU podcast, getting you private practice ready. We give you fresh ideas on mindset, communication, and clinical skills so you can have a fulfilled career. What a time to be alive, Laura Hill. Episode 11 of iMoveU, and she's already cracking up. This could be a tough one. We're going to talk about the first 10 months that Laura's had at iMove and some really good insight for those of you about to graduate or those of you looking for a job in December to February. We've got a list of questions here of what it's like to be a physio in the first year. Laura's been with us for 10 months. You can say hello. Hello, everyone. Uh, Laura Hill, we're going to run through all these questions, but I thought we'd start at the start. So you were thinking about hospital. Yeah. Um, to be honest, I don't think I really knew exactly where I wanted to work when I finished. I had plans to go overseas and then I was thinking about doing allocation for my first year. Um, cause I thought it'd be good to get more experience in all areas of physio, I think. Um, but I realized there'd probably be half of the year that I would hate <laughs> in a hospital. And then, yeah, I kind of fell into the job at iMove. Did something change your mind or was it just circumstance? What happened? Um, it was kind of circumstance. My mate, Patty, who also works at iMove, sent me a message really randomly one day and just said, Hey, my work is looking for a girl. I'm going to give your number to my boss. Hope that's okay. Bye. <laughs> and I was like, yep, I guess that's okay. And yeah, I met Dan and Bridge first and um, just kind of went from there. It was, I don't know, it was pretty clear to me once I started hanging out with the team that it was a good fit. Tell me about the interview and what happened, what did you expect, what was, what was different to what you expected? Run me through it. Um, it was a lot more laid back than what I expected. I, you know, rocked up in like a blazer and, you know, all this nice attire, which now in hindsight, I would never wear ever around anyone from iMove. Um, and instead of, you know, the formal handshake, I actually just hugged Dan on the first meeting and I didn't know whether that was the right thing to do. But now knowing Dan, I realized that was probably exactly the right thing to do. I didn't get asked a single physio question in my interview. They also didn't ask to see my resume or my transcripts or anything. So it was all about, I guess, getting to know me as a person, which was really different to what I thought. I was expecting kind of like to almost get handed like a case study and have to like mm. figure it out. And that might like, that'll still be different for the guys who are still at uni. They might still get a more traditional interview than that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, and that's okay if that happens, but maybe the lesson here is we think I move as a business that the person is more important. So maybe the lesson uh, the listeners can take out is don't go into an interview thinking too formal, but see if you can get to know the employers as people. Yeah. So maybe even if you get a traditional interview, maybe you could gear yourself to learn more about the employers. Yeah. Cause yeah. I think that's the way to go. Absolutely. Yeah. Being able to like create a conversation and, and have a little bit of fun with it. I think because everyone knows physio stuff and I mean, your bosses don't really expect you to know much. So if you can set yourself apart as a person, and that's something that they'll probably remember. Tell me about how you got the job, what you did, induction, hanging out at CPD. 
um, yeah, so after I met Dan and Bridge, nothing was like really set in stone. They just said, you know, come to our CPD sessions. We have them once a week. Um, feel free to come and shadow if you want to. And so I went along to one of the CPD sessions and just thought it was awesome and fell in love with the team and the way that everyone interacted. And I just thought it was the vibe was really good. And I just was like, I need to hang out with these people. I need to like be interested and be keen. So I shadowed a lot in all of my spare time, I continued to go to all of the CPD sessions and I think um, putting in that effort and, um, and, and you know, just being around, that was huge and that was probably one of the reasons I ended up getting a job offer, I think. Maybe. <laughs> um, what's, what's different to what you expected As in... about physio? When you're a new grad or when you're at uni, you would have had a set of expectations. What's been different? Um, yeah, I think there's, there's a lot more like little extra things that you have to do that I, I didn't think about. Um, like all the admin, like doctor's letters, trainer's letters, you know, emailing patients. It's not just, you know, in consult at work and then you're done. That that's just not, unless, I mean, you, you probably could do that, but if you want to be a good physio and, and do the extra one percenters, which I think are really important you have to put in a little bit of extra work outside of just consult. Um, What's been hard about that though? Not expecting it or not knowing how to do it? Um, not expecting it and it's obviously just extra time and then, yeah, I think there is a bit of a learning curve in figuring out exactly how to do it um, in terms of what is necessary to say in a doctor's letter and um, those sorts of things. I think also... I don't know whether every private practice does this, but at iMove we do a lot of partner work and that's probably not something that I thought I would be doing. It's not, I, li I like it, but, um, you know, getting in front of your partners and being involved in the community and that's huge in building your own patient base and it's just stuff that I didn't think about. Can you take us through a partner work? Like take us through the start of the process, what it looks like when you're there mm. and what the goals are. Yeah, um, I guess for me, my big example would be with CrossFit, with Agilis. Um, I've had a lot to do with them. So it was at first it was just meeting them, meeting Matt and Sean, the guys that run it, and saying hello and getting to know them and figuring out what they wanted from us. And then, yeah, getting in front of them and presenting them with something valuable, I guess, for their, for their business um, so that they can then refer back to us. So it's just about giving them some value so that they can feel comfortable as well. What's been valuable? Um, so I weekly go down there and I run what we call iMove Mobility, which is just like an accessory strength and I guess recovery session for the CrossFitters, um, which has been huge for them, I guess, in learning something different, having a different um, in class to go to. So that, and I also, like, I've gotten to meet all the guys at the box, all the people that go there. I've got a really good relationship with Matt and Sean, and they feel really comfortable referring people to me. And I've gotten, I guess, a lot of clients out of that. Yeah, I think you had 15 referrals yeah. for the quarter. Yeah. So five a month, and that's just from a one-hour class once a week. Yeah. And that's transitioned into... So Hilly started doing that once a week, but now it's transitioning into a once a month class, right? Yeah. So I think it's a really good approach is like frequency when you're introducing yourself to a new partner 
and then you can make it more time efficient and just get in front of them either on social media or a one hour class once a month. Yeah. Um, so that's worked really well. Yeah, it's been nice. Just as an intermission, can you describe where we are right now? <laughs> and what the setup is? Um, we are in my little hallway of my house and we've tried to soundproof it as best we can. So um, we're kind of in the corner and there's a mattress that is going diagonal across two walls to kind of create a separate wall that's cushioned. Um, and we've got like a little chair with our microphone on it and we're both sitting awkwardly on the ground. <laughs> with, with, a ch with a chair. We're on the floor and the chair's holding the mic and there's also a towel draped over the mattress and there's construction right behind us. Yeah. So we're doing our best. So we're having a great time. Um, tell me, and I've got a list of questions here which we thought would all be interesting for a new grad entering a job. Um, so we're just kind of rattling them off. This one I think is really relevant. Um, you worked at a pub. Yes. And you were doing part-time work while you started your physio career to supplement income um, to help while you weren't so busy at the start. Mm -hmm. Tell me about that. When you decided to leave, what was your mindset leaving and how has it been since leaving? Yeah, um, I guess keeping the pub job was like my little security blanket in case things didn't work out with the physio job because there's always a chance that that'll happen. Um, and, you know, money's always also like always a, an issue and you don't, you don't earn that much in the beginning, like when you're still trying to build a client base and all of that. So um, that was why I kept it. I'd also been working at that pub for like nearly six years. So it was um, just something that I think I held on to probably for longer than what I needed to. And I probably would, honestly, I'd probably still be working there if it wasn't for chats that I had with both Mick and Dan that made me realize that I really didn't need it anymore. Um, and while that extra money was good, having a day off like a Sunday and being able to spend time with family and friends and actually refresh was probably going to be more important for my career as a physio than keeping a pub job that was really doing nothing for me. Um, yeah, I think it was really hard for me to let go of it, to be honest. But now that I have and I'm, and I'm out of it, it's probably the, yeah, it was the best decision to do that. So, and I don't miss the, the extra money. I don't notice it. Um, I think you think you need it, but you'll always make do without it. And I think I've gotten busier since that. I think what we notice as employers with new grads who have a part-time job, which is, it's actually really helpful at the start. If you're getting a job at a place where you're not walking into 40 or 50 patients, it's really helpful. But there comes a point in time where it will affect your energy and you have to back yourself in as a person and as a physio to let go of that part-time job and back yourself in that the energy that's going to give you in the next one to two months, you'll make that up in patient numbers and in energy and in consult quality. And most people are on commission or a percentage. So you've got to, it's always a hit for one or two months, but then you've got to back yourself in and back your energy in and you'll get busier, which you have. Yeah, exactly. I think it's been a few months now and now you're back up to like 50 patients a week. Yeah. So it took a little while and it was hard doing it at first. And I thought I went back and forth about the decision that I made a hundred times. Um, but now like I'm, yeah, definitely confident that it was the right decision. So. And on that, how long has it taken to, to build a full patient list. I know you came into someone else's list, mm -hmm. then you dropped off a bit. 
Yeah, um, so I came into someone else's list. I started out really busy, and so I probably had a bit of a false expectation about what it would be like as a new grad, and then it kind of got quiet for a while, and that was really disheartening. And I'd probably say in, like, maybe the last month or so, things have really picked up and gotten steady um, in terms of where my numbers are at. It's been a bit – it's been really up and down, to be honest, and part of that's just learning as a new grad and – and, and part of that, I guess, is also a little bit normal. Like, you're not always going to be full all the time. Like, yeah. it's just how it is. Explain the... So, when Hilly came on, she walked into someone's list. So, it, it kind of felt easy at the start. Then, probably four to five months in, she had a reality of what it's like to actually build your own 50 patients, which is bloody hard. Yeah. And then... And this is really interesting for anyone about to go into a job. We've hired since then... And whenever you hire someone, it dilutes the patient list for everyone. Um, tell me about your thought and your psychology when that was happening because it's hard when your list gets affected. Um, I think I found it really disheartening at first and I was very numbers focused and I felt like if I wasn't seeing a certain amount of patients, then like I was doing something wrong and I was failing. And then and like, and that just you know, it made things worse because I was just freaking out and stressing out about that. And then I think that affects your consults. So um, after that, I just decided, well, stuff it. This is how many patients I'm seeing. And I can either sit here and like be worried about the fact that I'm not seeing 40 plus, or I can go into each consult and nail it and help the people that I'm seeing. And then that will result in more people because people will talk about me the people that I have will keep seeing me and will see me through. So sometimes, yeah, like you're going to be quiet. It's going to happen. You're a new grad. You're going to have shit's going to happen. But if you can always focus on the people that you're seeing and do that really, really well, then I think that's, and so that's just kind of where my focus went. I was like, I'm just going to take going to each consult. I'm going to nail each consult that I have, even if that's only two in a day or whatever it is. And I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to feel good about that. Cool. Um, tell me about, you said this before, when we were chatting before the podcast, um, there were things that uni didn't prepare me for. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think when you go to uni, you go to, like I went to uni for six years, so I expected to come out knowing a hell of a lot. And you do, but you come out not knowing so much more. Um in terms of like, yep, admin, rebooking patterns, didn't know anything about that. Um, and also there's like no patient is ever textbook. Um, you can't, you just can't learn that at uni, um, I think. And as much as you think you're prepared for it when there's a real life patient in front of you and you have no idea what's going on, that's terrifying at first. Um, and you feel like, you've missed something and you've done everything wrong because how could you not know what's wrong with this person? Um, so that's been huge for me, realising that it's okay to not know and actually that that's probably going to keep happening for the rest of my career. And if there comes a day when I think I know everything, then, well, that's way more fucked than the position that I'm in now. Hilly swears a lot. Sorry. Just so you know. <laughs> um, tell me... We were talking about 
it's not that you don't know the stuff. Like when we would go over your cases, like you had the knowledge there and we wouldn't pass knowledge on. It was just us asking the right questions. Um, I'm a massive self-doubter. That's probably my biggest thing is I don't back myself in on anything. Um, So that's been a huge learning curve to just, to just go, yep, this is what I think it is and I'm just going to back myself in 100% and I'm going to treat it like this and I'm going to be confident and I'm just going to go with it because I'm learning that 90% of the time you're pretty much right um, and, yeah, there's a few things here or there that you could change or do a little bit differently. Um, but, yeah, if you just back yourself and you're confident, the patient will probably get better anyway. It's true. And then, like, off the back of that, we were having to ask the right questions. You got yourself there in the end, which most new grads do. They Mm -hmm. just, they've got the answers. It's just, like, most of the time, it was reassurance, I feel like, for you. It was like, yeah, you're on the right track. You've actually got the right diagnosis. But you said something here, which was, um, we have to stick things out or stick treatments out. And I must have been wrong, but I wasn't wrong. Can you explain that? Um, I think I would freak out a lot when patients would come back worse and I wasn't expecting that or they would come back with something that I wasn't expecting and it would make me think that my diagnosis was wrong um, and that I had to change what I was doing, which I think is probably something that a lot of new grads do. Like something comes back unexpected and then they change immediately what they're doing and it just gets messy when you start doing that and you keep changing. You actually just need to pick something roll with it, let it play out for a little while because things take time to actually have an effect. So if you keep chopping and changing, you'll never know whether it's what you're doing that's making them worse or whether it's something else. So I think it's like picking one thing, keeping it simple, seeing it out for a little while, and then if it's not working, then you can kind of ask for help and and change things there. But if you just immediately keep changing things, then you just don't know what's going on. I think that's hard because a lot of new grads come out and they think that people can get better real quick. Yeah. And if they don't get better, they think they're a shit physio. And like a lot of the guidance we're giving to our new grads is actually like, you've done all the right things, you've got the right diagnosis, you're on the right path, but has it been four to six weeks yet of doing the right things? Yeah. No. And get impatient and you forget that sometimes the patient in front of you is not necessarily doing what you've asked or they're doing more than what you think and you've got to be really specific with your questioning because it's all about that as well. I think that leads into what you're saying here, which was you've had to learn to not be nice around rebooking <laughs> compliance. Yeah. Tell me about that. Um, yeah, so I think I struggle because I can be a little bit vague and I'll let people kind of get away with certain things. So I've had to learn to be a lot more um, firm, I guess, and being not giving people an option and saying, yep, I'm going to see you Tuesday and Friday instead of, oh, like, it'd be good if I could, like, maybe see you here or, um, like, a couple of days later, that kind of thing. So being really, like, strict on that. And also when people ask me questions about, like, you know, oh, well, can I, is it okay if I just do this? Like, is it okay if I just do a 2K run? And I don't want them to run. And I'd be like, oh, well, like, if you want to, you could, but you probably shouldn't. It's much better if I just say, well, no, I don't want you to run for the next seven days. Done. Yeah. Clarity and confidence is something 
like I think you've struggled with, but most new grads do. Yeah. Um, with there was a physio cream lady. Do you remember? Yes. What did she ask? I mean, like I was in the gym at the time, so I heard Hilly do the consult, which I don't normally hear. And I think this lady asked, "Should I rub physio cream on?" And Hilly's answer was like, "Yeah, like whatever," which is the actual correct answer. Like we don't give a shit about physio cream. But I was just saying, in that moment, the patient's looking for clarity and confidence, and that that significantly impacts their confidence in you. So I was like, even if you don't believe in it, just say, no, we don't need the physio cream. I want you to do your single leg squats. And that response is so much more powerful than whatever. Yeah. And it's not like it's the wrong, that I'm, that it's the wrong thing or that you don't know what you're saying, but it's just how you say things are really important. Mm. Biggest challenges of your first 10 months. That. I think that's one. That's a massive Would you one. add anything? Um, the confidence was a huge thing. Um, what else did I find really hard? I think rebooking was hard in the beginning. Tell I... me about rebooking. So, like, we found everyone knows about I Move You and how we do three, four, five in two weeks, but it's another thing applying it. Like, what's been your lesson? At points, we've just had to say, just fucking do it. Yeah. I don't care what patient you've got. Just do it and tell me, tell me, did you get a better or worse outcome? Or for you, did you kind of have to feel it? Or did you just get to the point where you just had to try it? Um, I think, I think my, my biggest challenge being my confidence and the way that I say things directly leads into having trouble with rebooking because if you're not confident and you're not firm, it's going to be really hard to convince people to come back and see you. Um, so I think that was it, but it wasn't until I realized that actually the reason why I'm not being able to rebook people well is because it's something that I'm doing. Um, I think. And I know that this is also things that other new grads have said is you think it's the patient and that, you know, oh, they're just busy or this or that or, and you can find 101 other excuses. And, you know, there will always be one or two patients where that is the actual case. But until you realize actually it's something that I'm doing and I need to change something, then that'll never get better. And so for me, I just had a little process where in the last five minutes of the consult, I brought the patient back down into the room and I sat down and I kind of summarized everything that we'd been through in consult. And I was like, because of this, I need to see you here and here. Let's put that in now. And I did that all in the room. I think at the beginning I was kind of trying to rebook people at the desk. And if you've seen iMove like Roselle, it's small. And if there's like hundreds of other people in the reception, then it's noisy. And uh, I just needed time alone with the patient where I could think clearly and I could say exactly what I wanted. And once I started doing that, that was better. So I just had a process where I was like, this is what needs to happen. This is what I'm going to say. And I'm just going to do it. I think, I think every new grad might have a different system around that, but in general, that's a really good approach. And we've referred to it as like a serious five minutes at the end of the consult where you find a quiet space, whether it's in your gym or in your consult room and you make the management plan and their next appointment more important than the shit on in their week, like their hairdresser thing, like the drop off or something like that, that a patient would use an excuse. You have to make the appointment more important because they've made a decision to get better. And if they say, Oh, sorry, I had a hairdresser's appointment. That's not them. That's you not making it important enough. And I think that five minutes at the end is a great way to do it. So that's a really good tip. Um, Something that all new grads struggle with. If we wrap up with, what do you enjoy? What are you liking about physio? What's been amazing or unexpected? Um, 
I think the thing that I like the most is just getting to know people, um, getting to know people outside of their injury. People are pretty bloody interesting and the shit that they get up to can be wild. So actually taking time to get to know the person and building that relationship with people, that's hands down probably my favourite thing. It's just getting to know people and like I have people that come and see me like fortnightly now, mostly for banter. Um, (laughs) So I think that's, yeah, definitely my favourite thing. It's just getting to work with all different sorts of people and hear their stories and their lives. So good. That's the most important part of the consult is like getting to know the really interesting bits about people. Can you remember it or do you have to write it down? Um, I will write little like Mm. notes, like certain things just to trigger things that I know that I definitely want to ask, particularly when I'm busy because like that stuff, I love it when a patient comes in and I'm like, oh, like how was that party that you went to on the weekend or, um, you know, how was seeing your dad's sister's brother in Gold Coast rather than, hey, how's your hamstring? Because hmm. that gets boring and people, like, just appreciate it so much. And I've had some of the other physios that I work with after patients have left be like, do you, like, do you know that person, like, outside of here? I'm like, no. They're like, how do you even get on that level with a patient? And I think that that's really important. Yeah. So. That's the secret. That's really special. That's the nicest thing about physio is getting to know your patients. Yeah really fun i think we'll leave it at that because that was a really positive note to leave it on um we will wrap up that was 25 minutes shit son how good that could be our longest iMovie podcast um guys we're gonna start doing more interviews i might interview all the new grads and i'll probably interview a new grad that doesn't work for iMove so we get an unbiased view of things Mm. i want you to Leave a comment on this podcast if you liked it because you've all been rating us, but I want to see some comments. Please like me. Please like Laura Hill. I will see you guys in episode 12. Episode 12. Yeah, Yeah, I'm getting brain fade. Episode 12. Thanks, guys. Like, subscribe. Do you want to say bye? Bye. This is the iMove You podcast, getting you private practice ready. We give you fresh ideas on mindset, communication and clinical skills so you can have a fulfilled career.